0: Hello, I'm Joanne, and welcome to Simon and Joe's Foodcast. We are two friends with a deep love of cooking, baking, eating and drinking.
1: And I'm Simon, and we really want to hear from you, including what you want to hear from us. You can email us Simon and at Hotmail.com and find us on Twitter at Simon Joe Foodcast. You can also leave a cheeky little voicemail on our <laughs> Skype voicemail inbox. Just call us, leave your questions a voicemail. You can find us just search on Skype for Simon and Joe Foodcast at hotmail.com.
0: So last time we had a great time talking about (laughs) dumplings.
1: I know, I know.
0: Thanks to everyone who's commented and chatted with us. It's amazing to know that we're not the only one invigorated by such important topics.
1: You don't hear about it on Question Time. No,
0: you you don't. It just
1: doesn't come up. No, we should hear.
0: That's where the big gun rolls.
1: This episode's going to go out on the 13th of February which is the day before some kind of holiday festival being um, where women folk demand flowers and chocolates. Um, so we thought we'd do something on the topic and it can only be chocolate. Uh-huh. It is chocolate. So we're going to have a talk about chocolate. We're going to have a little talk about Valentine's Day and the history. But I think, Joe, should we, should we kick off with you? Because you've, you've been doing a little bit of chocolate making, haven't mm, you? Just a little bit. <laughs> well, I mean,
0: already on the. If you go to the Facebook, you'll see that I've done a lot of uh, dip chocolates. Um, so for my my youngest son's thirtieth, um, now, ordinarily I don't do Valentines. Okay. <laughs> To me and to, to Bob, it's it's become such a rip-off. But not not only that, I'm I personally would prefer to not have Valentine's to be a prompt to be romantic, which means I have very long waits.
1: <laughs> well, in Tesco I did see Valentine's Day cards in Big Pink for as little as twenty five P. So you know you can be romantic on a budget.
0: Um,
1: if, I'm not quite sure yeah,
0: well, anyone
1: oh, would one, no. hey, If someone gave you a 25p Valentine's, so I would shove
0: it back to them.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You shove it up the back
0: side. <laughs> do you do Valentine's?
1: We do, but we don't make a big thing of it. Like, we do cards. and I think you know, it my birthday is you know a couple of days it before, is. so. It's never really the focus of it. No, not really. No. We we do, but we do something romantic, but you know, it's not we don't go like cushy all out on it.
0: I mean it was so important. When I, I remember when I was fifteen I had a I had a boyfriend and it came to Valentine's Day and he bought me the biggest card, that it was almost as tall as I was. <laughs> I, it used to be the, the the all and end all and then I got married and then it was like, well, you know, yeah. <laughs>
1: I think When you're a teenager, Valentine's Day is just such a different thing, isn't it? Oh, it it, is,
0: yeah. I think as you get older, you become more realistic. As I say, I prefer it to be more spontaneous than having a... I want romance all year round, not just on bloody 14th of Feb, you know what I mean? (laughs)
1: Uh, You get older, you get married, you learn to live with disappointment and No, but um, anyway, without further ado, on to chocolate.
0: What have you been making? So, as I say, I don't normally bother with Valentine's, but because of the COVID thing, um, I decided that, that... Any excuse? Well, it is, but do you know what? I, I, I'm i sitting here thinking, why did I do it to myself, really? Why did I do it to myself? Because, you know, I thought, oh, wouldn't it be lovely if I sent... Um, Mold. I'll, I'll, I'll buy some molds <laughs> this, this is a throwback to christmas where i bought everything and it cost me more to uh, make them buy and uh, i'll make some uh geometric um hearts and uh and you know and i made a buscotch filling to do um uh to do some filled chocolates with only to find i didn't have a, suit, a mold suitable for it but hey and uh, so i bought another one that came on sunday and they were too big but i still i thought just go with it just mold it put some tr- some butterscotch sauce in and then I just have an extra large chocolate, but it, it worked really well. The actual moulding thing was easy. It's the moment you touch them when they're set; it all falls apart. Mm. You know, it's clearly, you know, my heart is uh, is made of ice because my hands are incredibly hot. Um, so <laughs> I, I worked with milk chocolate and uh, and white chocolate, which uh, apparently isn't real chocolate, but
1: no, it's not. So white chocolate doesn't actually have any. Uh... Cocoa. Well, it has cocoa, cocoa butter, doesn't it? Yeah, but that's not cocoa.
0: No, but it's cocoa butter. It comes from the cocoa cocoa. So to me, that's chocolate. In America, it's actually illegal to call it chocolate. They call it white candy. Yeah. But anyway, it was it was OK, but I don't do Valentine's normally. But I thought, no, I will send the boys and their girls some nice um, chocolate treats and things. And it uh, took me the entire weekend, frankly. <laughs> it was just and, and and chocolate and me and everything i mean everything in my kitchen now i open the cupboard all the plates and the and the bowls have got chocolate fingerprints on yeah every time I opened the fridge <laughs> i had to wipe it down again you know oh i well, know i actually had to wipe the fridge before i opened it everywhere and, oh the washing up you know have you tried washing up molds it's impossible absolutely impossible but it it was easy would i do it again possibly when i've forgotten this um this experience oh and inside the uh, big the big hearts i put little hearts as well, which I put Aww. lustre on and all sorts lustre on, and it looks lovely, but I don't know whether they're going to um, to uh, stand the test of time when I post them, <laughs> which is tomorrow. So,
1: yeah, I, I, I think kind of putting like more of the chocolates in the post could be an interesting interesting solution.
0: It is, but, uh, but, we, but um, Bob has um, printed some forms with very strict imp- uh, instructions. Yeah, on arrival, put straight in fridge for two hours. Very strict instructions. And then in the middle, but when they open it up, it's all pink and fluffy and shiny. And yeah, it was interesting. Um, yeah, I think I need to uh, recover from this before I um, do, do it again. And the amount of chocolate that I use, I mean, I, I'm not going to spend, tell you how much I spent on chocolate.
1: You know what? I, I have a real respect for anyone that goes into doing making chocolate. Because it's a really hard thing to work with. I think it's probably on that kind of pastry level in terms of skill required. It is
0: if you're in tempering order it to
1: actually make. Yeah, like if you're doing kind of. Because I think what you it sounds like you were doing is just melting chocolate bars down and put them into molds. Well, I
0: well I got chocolate that you didn't need to temper. But I tell you what, the the best the best results were from these molds. They have three part molds, and they have mm. a line where you fill the um fill, where you fill the chocolate to, and then you put a silicon um, replica of the of the mold and then you put another mold on top and squeeze it down and then the chocolate goes up the side and it makes you the perfect mold it was very very easy but i i mind you i I say i made it for the boys i made it for the um for bob's girls as well and i only bought one mold and i made four five i made five of these things (laughs) one for my sister because she Mm. was interested so and so i made oh god it took me all weekend (laughs) <laughs> but, um, so, the actual molding when you've got the right molds and the and the three part molds they're brilliant. I made spheres as well, but the moment you touch it, it becomes vulnerable so and i w- I went through so many rubber gloves because you're not meant to touch it with your fingers because of fingerprints, it puts people off, apparently, but yeah, so um, yeah, it was good, it was good fun um yeah, <laughs> that's all i'm going to say on that, and I don't normally do Valentine's so this is like a one off special from me to them,
1: I think. Like the, the it's not that the test of good chocolate is that it should snap?
0: Oh yes, yes, yes. yes. I used to teach, um, I used to teach cookery, and uh, one day I bought, um, uh, sort of five bars of plain chocolate, and we did the snap, you know, so that they can mm. hear what the what a good chocolate is. But I think um, I won't go any higher than seventy percent cocoa. It's just too bitter otherwise. Yeah.
1: So um, so. Quick question, quick question. Mm-hmm. In the fridge. Yeah. Or not? Always, I I always have, I always love chocolate out of the fridge. Oh, I love a good bar of chocolate out of the fridge. Like, yeah, I, no. Yeah.
0: Do I like that? No, you know what I like chocolate with? I like it with my um, coffee.
1: Why do you temper chocolate? Well,
0: basically, if it's too hot, then it starts to crystallise. So if you get it down to about 32 degrees. And so when you melt chocolate, it tends to go to about 40. But you can add more chocolate in. And you take it off the bain-marie. Um, the and you just add more chocolate in to lower the temperature and everything. It's just to stop the crystals from forming. But I um, buy um, a particular chocolate that's um, that if you take it to a certain temperature, you don't need to temper it. we
1: were going to talk a bit about the history of chocolate, weren't we? In terms of kind of like because you know, obviously it's a it's a new world food. You can't really find it in in Europe, I suppose, anything before fifteen hundred.
0: Oh, I was going to say, well, before fifteen hundred, well, try two two thousand BC in the Amazon.
1: In Europe. Oh, in, I did Europe. Say in Europe. Okay. <laughs>
0: Because I go, I mean, with my um, chocolate, I go back uh, as far as Aztec, and they used to use it as currency. Oh, really? So for 100, yeah, they did. For 100, 100, um, I've got the price list here. So one bean equals one ripe avocado. Okay, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Four beans bought you one pumpkin. Right. Ten beans bought you a rabbit. But 100 beans bought you a slave or a very large turkey so <laughs> but it was actually the spanish that brought the um brought it back uh, uh, that brought it to to europe and they because originally in the aztecs used it as a um, as a drink yeah. and it was a savory drink they put chilies and mm. things in but then the spanish um, got hold of it and um and they and they sort of um mix, mixed it with water and so it became a sort of like a luxury um drinking chocolate and they were very very um secretive about their recipe yeah. i mean no one else knew about it. Now, at one point, they were, and it was very expensive to import as well, so it was a very expensive commodity. So it's always had some sort of luxury um, name to it, you know. I know that um, one ship that came over, and I think it was... In, in the in the 16th mm. century, sometime it wasn't the 16th century, the the ship actually got invaded, and uh, that was bringing back the cocoa beans, and um, and basically they looked around, thought it was useless. In fact, what they saw, what they thought they saw, was a load of sheep droppings, uh, so and so they burned the boat down. But what? failing to realise it was the cocoa beans that, that, that they had been looking for. So uh, so it's had a very turbulent um, history chocolate when ships get burnt because they want the recipe. But then uh, one of the Spanish courtiers married um, into, a, into the French
1: Aristocracy. Ah,
0: uh, that's the one. Sorry, I can't say it. So they and she was the one that brought. Um, she was the one that brought um, drinking chocolate to France. Oh, okay. And uh, but, this, but in France they added milk and uh, the Spanish um, sort of sweetened theirs up with sugar and cinnamon and lemon uh, and things like that. But the French actually added milk to it to sort of give it a more subtle flavour. So Do you know
1: what that do you know what that reminds me of though? Just sorry, sorry to interrupt. It reminds me of I think that's one of those really interesting things when Europeans bring things back from the places they went around the world mm. and colonised and beat up and invaded and yeah. um, you know savaged the locals. It's that they do strange things, the drinks. And the adding of milk to chocolate kinda of reminds me of the British adding milk to tea, which is a mm. really odd thing to do. Well, it's uh, off, not odd now, but, you know, tea being sweet is not particularly unusual. Actually, in, in India, sweet tea is a really common thing, but common all around the world. But adding milk to it, no, that's weird, man.
0: But it was the French that invented um, powdered milk, and it was the Swiss that actually added powdered milk to the cocoa beans to make milk chocolate. Ah. Um, and that was Nestle, and uh, that was how Nestle was uh, was um, was formed. They invented um, milk chocolate, and then, of course, going f- further forward, then Fries invented the first sort of bar of chocolate. Mm. But Cadbury's actually invented the first box of chocolates and Easter eggs well, as well. There you well. go. And Fries and Cadbury's and Harris and Lloyd's Bank are all um, Quakers. They started off as Yeah, Quakers. so
1: that's part of that, that movement, isn't it? At the same time, it's going kind to of and Roundtree. You get, you know, like Bourneville uh, is built to house the workers for the Capris, And uh, up Yorkshire, Derbyshire, somewhere that area, you get tied to Salt Building, Salt Air, which is the most fantastic place we have ever been there. Yeah, you get it comes out of all that that really interesting kind of idea of you know happy workers are productive workers.
0: I love I love the history of chocolate. I can bang on about it all I, day. I don't so. think
1: we can talk about the history of chocolate without mentioning some of the world's worst chocolate, American chocolate.
0: Oh. Well, you say that my friend Karen, she has a friend, and says it tastes like Iraqi chocolate. You knew exactly what she means when something tastes like Iraqi chocolate. It's it's, oh yeah, I don't, I'm not keen on uh, American chocolate either. It's
1: it's absolutely garbage. Um, And actually, one of the reasons it tastes so weird to UK standards is um, one, we have a higher content cocoa generally but also you know when we include milk in our chocolate bars comes from the dairy it doesn't have to travel particularly far because we're not particularly small country in america their dairies are quite Mm. far apart so actually they use uh, a preservation technique which puts i think it's bucilic acid into it that is the same kind of acid that gives parmesan its feety taste a lot of people in fact um, my wife really doesn't like a lot of parmesan because it reminds her of vomit and stinky feet it's that same acidic <laughs> um, touch to it, and and that's absolutely Damn. not unusual. And actually, if you get chocolate bars and army rations, they tend to have that same kind of format of low cacao, slightly acidic because they don't want soldier mm. sweeties mm. It's meant to be an emergency ration. Oh, goody, a chocolate bar! They get go, oh grab one of these. It's why Hershey's and a lot of American chocolate tastes really, really awful to kind of a British palate. It's just because we're not used to that really acidic hit, but are.
0: But we, ha- we as a nation are, have very sweet teeth, have very sweet tooths, well, what I mean. well, that's we, the thing about, the, about you know, American
1: chocolate, is it has a much higher sugar content. it's just slime. Well, yeah, it's, it's a higher sugar content, lower chocolate content, a little bit of acid.
0: Yeah, well, that's the problem, isn't it? They haven't got a balance right.
1: So it's going to be Valentine's Day tomorrow when this is out. We hope you have a lovely Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is named after Saint Valentine that's not particularly helpful because there is at least two people who identified with that with that title. That's not particularly unusual in itself because it's it comes from the root Valens and that was a really, really common Roman name. There was a Roman emperor called Valens whose older brother was called Valentinian. So you can see there's a bit of a trend going on. The, the two um, particular figures that are associated with St. Valentine's Day, uh, one was a priest in the Roman Empire in the um, 3rd century and the other was mm-hmm. the Bishop of terni in the second century basically the, the the first one bishop was supposed to have kind of reconciled two lovers with a rose and basically kind of like an early marriage counselor and the one in the first century was supposed to have started marrying people uh, against the wishes of the emperor claudius gothicus now but, but it doesn't become saint Day until 496 ad and it becomes it and that's when it becomes the 14th of february it's very conspicuous because On the 15th of February in the Roman calendar was a festival called Lupercalia to the god Lupercal, who was a god of facility of some kind, and it involved men uh, running around the Palatine Hill naked hitting people with little whips and the idea was uh, or you know one of the folklore bits was that they were pre- women who wanted to get pregnant would stand around the boundary of the palatine oh. hill as these naked chaps are running around having just sacrificed a goat wow, that's a yeah i know, that's, that's <laughs> something Joe can get into and um you know they, they would wait to be slapped on the palm of their hands and that would help them get pregnant we don't really know if that had any effect i suspect it probably didn't but hey they weren't the first women that loved getting whipped with a thong and then there's actually really Kind of about a thousand years or so Between the establishment Of that religious festival That feast of St Valentine And any kind of lovey-dovey connotations That comes in with um, Some of Chaucer's poetry In the 14th century So about 800 years in between And that's when we kind of First start getting the inkling Of St Valentine's as something romantic Then, it, you know It kind of goes downhill from there Into uh, <laughs> commercialisation And garbage so what, so
0: what did we do? When, when we first started celebrating Valentine's
1: Day what do we actually do? So Chaucer writes that uh, for this was on St Valentine's Day when every bird comes there to choose his match of every kind that men may think of and that's so huge a noise they begin to make that earth and air and tree and every lake was so full that not easily was there space for me to stand so full was this place. This is poetry, please. No, this is, so this is, this is, so there was this belief, you know, that was when the birds would come together for a good randy, randy mating season. I mean, basically what we've done is insert some more mythological smart into what is meant to be a food podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah but what i want to know is when did it start um so going on to food yeah so when did it start um becoming sort of a dainty thing taking you know having romantic meals
1: the 1700s is when things start to get a bit more kind of commercialized so as as the world starts Ooh. to become a little bit more global mm. you're not just yeah the medieval period has come dull and dusty renaissance has pretty much come into the end of its time you start to get towards the industrial period people have come together in large groups that's when you start to get a much more commercialized um festival and that's of course when we get lots of more surviving sources mm-hmm. and evidence um, so it's really kind of as the, the 18th century gets going That it starts to really start to get commercialised That ties in with kind of, you know printing and all of that jazz In terms of food I've not really been able to find an awful lot Actually that associates it with food Up until, up until When we come back to our old friend Cadbury Creating fancy boxes
0: Yes, they started off with a heart-shaped box, Egg, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, so this and was chocolate. it So uh,
1: this was in uh, 1868 Something like that And Cadbury starts creating these fancy boxes Boxes, which are kind of like boxes of chocolates in the shape of a heart um, and they're still going strong today so this is where modern valentines come from chocolates are a relatively modern idea so what you've got to remember everybody is that if you're buying into this commercial i've mentioned commercialism before um, if you're buying into this commercialized uh, image of valentine's day it's really quite modern what you are celebrating is someone who essentially went against the will of a ruler and was killed for it have a good day To the show, and um, we're we'll trying now to perform absolutely the words. But one of the things we'd love you to challenge us is to challenge us to give us an ingredient, and we'll tell you what the, we think the best thing that you could do with that ingredient. So, we called for chocolate this week. And I've actually got two things. I put this out on my Facebook page actually, and quite a lot of people came back with what I think is one of the best things that you can make with chocolate. It's truffles mm. and I've made yeah. three different types of truffles with alcohol in them. They've not I'll be honest, they've not actually come out particularly well. only one has come out particularly strongly, and that, I was kind of worried that what I was putting I too much in them. And actually what I've worked out now is I really wasn't putting enough. I suspect that actually if you want, trying to get the real flavour of the spirits coming through without it tasting of alcohol it's actually really, really mm. difficult. So I've got, this is Crendomere, This is a um, mm. blood cure mm. You do get a little bit of coming through. It's kind of got that, particularly as an aftertaste, and it kind of goes to the back of your mouth. So this is this is a recipe based off James Martin. Um not off James <laughs> Martin, but out of James Martin's home comforts. So this is um, Oh I've met
0: him. Have you? Yeah,
1: he's lovely. I bet you it'll.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you won't remember me. I slapped you.
1: <laughs> Um this one is triple sec. So triple sec is a, an orange liqueur, fairly standard one. Nice. Yes, yeah, so that's what taste of this. Just really taste a triple sec. Which kind of sound. I it does not have... I I kinda I think that's probably oh. because triple sec is quite a quite a sweet the cure as the cures go Mm. so i think that's probably why and then the final one i've got is a coffee the cure this is made with tesco's own coffee the cure which to be honest is quite good (laughs) now that that comes through really nicely does it you know what i mean you were talking about having a was it having a cup of coffee with some chocolate Mm -hmm. why why would why why separate those two things out
0: Well, do you know what's funny is that I like chocolate, I like coffee, but I don't like chocolate or coffee things.
1: That's really weird. I mean, that's just
0: chocolate cake or coffee cake or anything like that i'm not a huge well i I say i don't like them i'm not a huge fan it's not my first port of call i would rather have a vanilla cake you know
1: what i'm not actually that big a chocolate fan but it's all i'd I'd rather have like a a victoria sponge and a chocolate cake Uh, yeah yeah. i agree i've also made something else which i think actually is even better than truffles. what's that which is a mole sauce
0: oh yes
1: yes came across as watching rick stein's road to mexico mm. uh, a mole sauce is a, a mexican sauce it's like one of those kind of it's like if someone asks you to make a bolognese you'll get like 50 different sauces but all around the theme a mole is generally a couple of couple of different ingredients it's dry peppers usually ancho ancho chilies are really expensive so i, I just used cashmere ones which work brilliantly mm. about them. Love yeah. them, but lovely but they're 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 dried chilies fresh chilies fresh tomatoes take all the flesh on them get the seeds out and chuck them in a blender toast the chilies chuck them in a blender mm. um, some cumin i put in mine Ooh, I love cumin. um double the amount of paprika to cumin and then same amount of cumin uh, same amount as oregano as paprika and then some brown sugar and lime juice and it you end up with this really really lovely dish but and it's one of those things that uh, you, you then basically put the put all the blender together mix it up heat it up and um, add a bit of tomato ketchup at that time or passata just before you take it off the heat smash some about uh, i put about 50 grams of dark chocolate in there mm. and what that dark chocolate does is really balance out the the fire of the chilies and the sourness of the lime and the sharpness of the lime and the sweetness of the, the sugar it all just goes really really well together and it gives it a nice shine doesn't it yeah it gives it a lovely shine actually I'll give you one of the best things I've ever worked out and I realise other people have come to the same conclusion and write this in chocolate books cutting chocolate if you want to kind of cut it up into small bits really really quickly bread knife yeah, or any kind of serrated knife (laughs) and it's absolutely superb it's better than grating it just do it that way bam 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 you don't have to be careful with bread knife obviously you cut your fingers with bread knife you know about it but it's it's a gorgeous dish and i have it with kind of mistake you can have it with brilliant pork it goes really well with like a satsiki or a, a sour cream and guacamole mm. um it's absolutely lovely it's one of those dishes, however, that no one really knows the origin of it. There's this lovely story about um, nuns at uh, the Common of Santa Clara in Puebla. It comes from Puebla and from Oaxaca, mm-hmm. um, as in where the cheese comes from. But you get these sauces and these regional variations all across Mexico. But it is just the most wonderful thing. i will put a recipe up on the blog. You guys have to try it. Joe, what what do you think is the best thing you can make with chocolate? Well,
0: apart from, apart from your chocolate.
1: chocolate
0: <laughs> um
1: you a second large
0: <laughs> well actually um i tell you what um i make um um the butterscotch sauce the butterscotch sauce which is just brown sugar and um and and um and you add cream but i found a recipe which has which had had those three ingredients in but they added chocolate to it and then i put it in Ooh. um and uh, malted um ice cream malted milk ice cream and it was really lovely i, I really i I really enjoyed that because you know you got the nice um, stickiness of the butterscotch sauce and the and the chocolate sort of. Um in with it as well. You had to use dark chocolate because anything um sweeter that it would have uh, been too sweet. But um yeah crushed some uh, Maltesers in there as well and just uh swelled it in oh. with this. Oh, it was just lovely. Mm. Um with with regards to chocolate. You'll have to, put that on I mean, to me um chocolate is sweet. I had I used to put chocolate in and chili when I was all trendy. You know, put a bit of chocolate and chili. But I don't even make chili with kidney beans. I do it with baked beans because I don't like kidney beans but i've chucked a um a square of uh, of dark chocolate in but no i mean for me i think um i've got two recipes one's with cocoa powder so that doesn't count but the one that i um i did recently which pat, which went down a storm is a chocolate brownie and it's made it's flourless it's made with uh, ground almonds
1: and it's one of those things you put in your mouth and it disappears So, my kitchen cringe
0: this week is actually, um, I'm hoping that it will change after the lockdown, but pre-lockdown is the hiking of... uh, of restaurant meals and things for special occasions that really makes me cross you know we, if you go for a, in, a meal somewhere that usually costs you a tenner each it suddenly becomes 25 each, and you're not getting any much more for it so that really annoys me but we had this conversation before they did, most of them do have an option but then, but that, that said um you know um, if they don't have an option for you know, to the uh, to the management. But what I would say is that um, if you if you're going to if you're going to hike the prices up. Make it worthwhile. Make it value for money. If it's not value for money, then it's a it's a it's a rip off. So it's not. A, I mean, you know, the we customers have a have a uh, an expectation. Their expectation is they get served. You know, it doesn't matter what time. If they go out, they get served. Waiting staff are um, actually serving on a special occasion. Is as much as I hate to say it. Is the customers' expectations. There's a, it's it's no more than what they would expect. So unfortunately, people don't think like that i mean i would think like that but people don't think like that the very least they expect is someone to be there to serve their food so it's not it's not an extra um, thing on top of the price do you see what i'm saying if you're going to put a-
1: i do a- i just disagree with yeah
0: but you. if you uh, slap on an extra
1: but you're you're paying you're paying extra for that person being paid extra effectively
0: well, are they?
1: Well, I think that's the question. If that is, yeah. If they're not, then yeah, I completely no, agree. No, generally
0: not on Valentine's um, Day. Yeah. They're not. Nor are they on Mother's Day either. To be fair, they're not. Pay- they're not paid extra. They might be paid extra for. They might be paid extra for Christmas Day and Boxing Day and New Year's Eve. But things like Mother's Day and Valentine's Day, as far as I, I'm aware, they're not. Um, they're not paid any extra for it. It's a, it's a normal day to them, but busier.
1: In all fairness, if you're going out for a meal on Valentine's Day, you are up by the whole commercialism thing anyway. So, uh...
0: oh, if you like, enjoy it. It's a, if it's an experience, I think it's it's worth it. But um, but it's got to be an experience, not to, to hike up just because it's it's Valentine's Day and uh, you're getting a normal meal. But because it happens to be on the 13th or 14th of February, they're going to whack on a bit extra because it's. An occasion with nothing extra to, with nothing, uh, no value added to it. That,
1: that's all right. All, all, right all right. Yeah. All right. Please see. This is why we have this item because boy oh boy do we get. It's not, it's not even like you're getting angry at the food. You're getting angry at the food. said nothing in this instance. You're getting angry at the hospitality. Oh,
0: well, no, but I mean, I've been in a hospitality for a long time. And, you know, and I always prided myself in uh, in making sure that people did get value for money. Because, obviously, I didn't have any choice in in, in what I charged. But I jolly well made sure that it was value for money and that people enjoyed their experience and everything. Despite me being a manager of the hotel, I, still, um, uh, I was still dictated to how much we were. We were having to uh, charge people for special occasions, but um, I always made sure that was. But I'm having happy days now doing what I'm doing, so you know, we, life, life goes on. So, what about your kitchen cringe?
1: I'm really hesitant about mine. Go on, because I know a couple of these two, two people that do this. I get a little bit irritated by overly indulgently decorated cake. <laughs> And actually, you know what? There's actually one thing in particular that cheeses me off, and that is excessive use of (laughs) buttercream and fondant icing. And uh, do you know what it reminds me of? It's one of those things where I kind of like food that I can eat. Yes icing not like another layer that is just made out of yeah. buttercream that's more like a gâteau. Mm. and Theo had lovely lovely gorgeous gorgeous cake for his sixth birthday mm-hmm. I think the thing is I want to eat it but it's not really meant to be eaten is it all these decorations no. and it just it kind of it reminds me of like you know in the Elizabethan movie where everyone went frangipan let's make everything out of Franchipan and then all their teeth fell out <laughs> um It reminds me of that. It's it's one of those things, just because you can doesn't mean you should. You know what? It's awful because I know people who make the most, I I think they're beautiful, stunning cakes. Mm. But I think it comes back to that. And this is a kind of recurring theme for the Kitchen Cringe, isn't it? It's a style over substance. Yes, it is. Um, Yes, yes. But the cakes I've had have also been delicious. But I really hate buttercream like as a thing. You know, it's just sugary butter.
0: Well, it is. That's all it is. It's, I mean, it's, it's 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 another cholesterol special, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: I'm gonna have to remind that. I was thinking you could probably do some really lovely things with alcohol. <laughs> but it's it's one of those things where I really admire the skill that goes into it because oh, heaven gosh, knows yeah. it's far beyond my ken. I can't manage a mm. piping back to save my life. You know what? There are some wonderful people doing. it. So it's it's not really a kitchen cringe. It's kind of a, I, that's more down the. So I think that's it. That's all we've really got time for at the moment. In the meantime, do get in touch with us about anything at all and any topics you'd like us to cover, any uh, ingredients you'd like us to see what the best thing we can do with um, just get in touch with us. Joe, how, how do you get in touch with us again? So
0: you can email us on Simon and Joe Foodcast at hotmail.com and find us on Twitter at Joe, uh, sorry, at, uh, yeah. on Twitter <laughs> Simon and Joe Foodcast. You can also leave a voicemail on our Skype vo- voicemail. Yeah. Just call us. Leave your question as a voicemail, Simon and Joe Foodcast at hotmail.com.
1: And of course, there is our website and Facebook page. But in the meantime,
0: <laughs> bye bye. Bye! Bye!